0: It's been six weeks of the Bible story piece by piece podcast, and I think every week except this one, I've used the exact same introduction. No way. I think so. I think I've every single time I've just said, All right, Rev. And you just learned that
1: you just learned that now. Just made that observation. I just
0: made that observation. Well, actually I was thinking about the last last week, which wasn't the same day as today. (laughs) (laughs) Our our recording Timeline's even confusing me when we're recording this in the history of time <laughs> period. For all for all, Linworth knows, this was recorded in 2019. You never know. You literally don't know. Uh, any sponsors from today other than Nettie Tans?
1: <laughs> Chicken fried rice. <laughs> Chicken fried rice. <laughs> it's amazing, I will say. She. I've
0: heard that she's one of the best cooks uh, in the church. Oh, yeah. Jaden and Millie say say the exact same thing. Well <laughs> <laughs> Nettie, if you're out there listening to this, maybe one of these days we'll uh you can come record with us.
1: That would be incredible.
0: I would love that. Well, anywho, uh week six of the podcast. We are in the book of numbers and we are looking at Uh, Right after the giving of the law in the book of uh, leviticus and this kind of continues on in the first half of numbers As well And so we saw introduction to the tabernacle and sacrificial system feasts and laws given at uh, sinai But this week we see that god's commanding israel to leave sinai to start heading towards the promised land in uh, in canaan and We actually see them celebrate Passover and they're kind of treading that way towards uh, Canaan, the promised land. So you just want to remind people table of contents Mm -hmm. that we talked about from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we made we're making a transition here as we go into Numbers, Deuteronomy. The focus becomes the land, which is the third part of that promise to Abraham. So descendants or generations, Genesis, that's there's lots of them. Exodus, Leviticus. God promises to live in a relationship of blessing. They're slaves in Egypt. That's not blessed. He brings them out. And then Leviticus, this is how you're going to have a relationship with me. And now the promise of the land uh, and how they're going to be able to live in the land. So, yeah. Actually, Numbers, there's there's some parts that are probably confusing and a little bit hard to get through. But there are... This might be one of the more convicting books of the Bible, honestly.
0: And what's crazy is it's such a dark horse book of the Bible because, honestly, like if I'm handing a Bible to a teenage dude and I'm like, hey, what book of the Bible are you least excited about reading? He's probably like, numbers. That sounds horrible.
1: Oh, yeah. But I remember, I think this was when one of my kids was like five, and I was not there. My Gil was with the kids at her parents'. And one of them was complaining, like just kept complaining over and over. And my my father in law brought over this one child, who I won't say his name, <laughs> so it's down to one of two. <laughs> uh he tells him the story of Gora and the rebellion and how the earth swallowed him up yeah. for being like for complaining, you know, and like his eyes got big. And yeah. he was so scared, yeah. he he stopped complaining. Ever
0: since, he's <laughs> never He's Never complained, <laughs> he's never again. complained that's, since. That's not true. And so we named him Cora. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of really good stuff here, and mm. um, and also there's just some kind of like we just talked about, just very briefly about Cora. There's some strange events that happen, kind of sure. Nadab and Abihu similar ish. Yeah, of where you've got people that are not. Regarding the law or the commands of God and also the people of God as well. And so there's some unique interactions that are going on within the nation of Israel and also Israel to the outside world as well. The surrounding nations, especially as they're getting closer to Canaan. So th- those th- those two themes, you know, there again, there's we're kind of as we have honed in on the person of Moses for a while. And we know that we're looking for a Messiah that's coming from Abraham. Uh, through Isaac, through Jacob, and eventually through the tribe of Judah. And Moses is from the tribe of Levi. Mm -hmm. Right now, we're kind of at a pause of, you know, the progression of the genealogy, so to speak. And so we're kind of waiting for that to pick back up. But in terms of God's dwelling place, you know, we've been given uh, a temporary dwelling place in the tabernacle. It's this kind of portable tent. But, you know, God is... God told Abraham, I will be with you uh, when you go to Egypt and then I will give you a land in Canaan and I will be your God as well. And so um, while uh, we, as we get closer to, to Canaan here, uh, we see some interesting reactions within the tribe, or within the nation of Israel as they're getting closer to God's dwelling place. Because you'd think that Canaan being the promised land the more excited that the people of uh, Israel would be to go into this promised land where there's going to be a land flowing with milk and honey and all these different promises that, uh, that God gives. But actually we find the opposite. Yep. They don't really want to go into Egypt for some of the various reasons they, or they want to rather, sorry. Yes. They'd rather be back in Egypt yep. instead of, instead of in Canaan. Uh, which is funny, honestly, I was, I was going to ask you this, I forgot to ask you. In Numbers 11, uh, they even say the line, We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, this is verse 5, We remember the fish that we ate in Egypt that cost nothing, the cu- cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic, but now there's nothing at all but this manna to look at. Is that true? Or are they just having a mirage memory of their circumstances I mean, Egypt. the,
1: the cost-nothing part?
0: Well, cost-nothing, but also even, like, the food. I mean, they're slaves in Egypt. I'm even wondering if they're looking back on their... I don't know. I wonder if they're even, like, just... I don't know if they're going crazy or if they're just...
1: Delusionary?
0: Maybe, maybe the principal's just more generally they're looking more fondly on a really horrible time of their life instead of their current circumstances. Well, it's
1: sort of like, you know, I mean, not to get too symbolic, but... When we look back at, you know, sinfully look back at other times of our life and say, man, that was that was better Mm -hmm. because I didn't have to think about these things or whatever, which actually we were enslaved to sin at that point. But that's certainly one of the lies of Satan that we fall to as well. So I think that's really what's going on is looking back and being like, wow, we had so many options, Mm -hmm. even though our life stunk, they forgetting that part of it
0: yeah mm-hmm. it's a it's a lesson of the human heart the vanity of our Absolutely. desires and because you know th- i'm so tempted to think the grass is greener on the mm. other side mm-hmm. here they're getting to the other side of that grass and they're like ah, has, we like the other yeah, side it's better the other yeah. other side yeah you know so there's there's some conviction there so they, they don't want to go to egypt uh you know god had been providing them manna like the true bread of life and back in the mm-hmm. or rather mm-hmm. the, you know the the old testament bread of life uh for their sustenance and they even grumble about that they're complaining about their food that he says fine if you want something more than bread i'll give you meat and uh it'll come out your nose it'll come out your nose you'll <laughs> hate it so much um
1: which the 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 manna piece just just kind of a cool connect with where we've been as a church family um if if we remember John 6, where Jesus is talking about the bread of life, that he is the bread of life. There's a lot of imagery, Good looking back to Numbers and, and manna, bread that came down from heaven, physical bread that came down and sustained them mm-hmm. physically. And Jesus is saying, I'm the bread of heaven.
0: And it was their daily bread. Yeah. You know, the yeah. Prayer and yeah. Sermon on the Mount. Give us our daily bread. Yeah, <laughs> Totally. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good connections there. And, you know, one of the things, probably most notably, that they, one of the things that's most notable about their reluctance to enter into Canaan is they're actually afraid of the people that are currently dwelling in it. So I think it's, a, what, Numbers 13? Yeah. 13, Moses sends spies into uh, the promised land, and they come back basically saying, the land's unbelievable. It's the, it's the best place in the world. It's living up to all the hype but there are really big, scary people that are living there that we don't stand a chance against and that we shouldn't go in now. Uh, basically, all except one being Caleb is the only person that's trying to, trying to go and in. And Joshua. Well, yeah, yeah, sorry, Caleb and Joshua. And this kind of ends up leading to a nationwide rebellion against God, uh, against Moses and Aaron or the leaders of Israel, but m- more specifically to God himself saying... You know, uh, we would we don't want to go. Why yeah. would you take us out here? And as a result of that, God actually there's a there's there's a, a curse for that a disobedience there, that uh, God says in Numbers uh, in 14. Gonna wander. Yeah, you're you're gonna wander, and then He also even says that no one from this generation except two are gonna go into the promised land. Yeah,
1: and the ones that you were worried about, your kids, who you thought would get eaten alive by these people in that land. They're gonna be the ones that go in. Yeah.
0: No one lives. There's so
1: there's a lot of irony in the tons of irony. There.
0: Yeah. Speaking of irony, that's kind of mm, that's mm, kind mm. of interesting. Brent and I were talking about this before the recording here in 2019. Uh no, I'm just kidding. But we were talking about this. Uh there is an interesting scene that happens, uh, interaction that happens between Miriam and Aaron. Uh, And Moses, right after Moses marries a Cushite woman. And what's interesting is that there's this emphasis on her being a Cushite. So, Rev, hear me out. Mm. Miriam and Aaron, this is in Numbers 12, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. Mm. So it's kind of doubling down. She's a Cushite. She's not an Israelite. She's a Cushite. Some kind of mockery there. Yeah. And what's interesting is that Cushite, sometimes translated in some of our bibles as ethiopian is actually referenced throughout scripture typically talking about the skin tone the darkness of the skin tone of a cushite person so mm-hmm. like in jeremiah 13 it says you know can the cushite change the color of his S- his skin, skin yeah. and the irony that we see here potentially miriam and aaron are speaking against moses Potentially because of the color, the darkness of her skin. Of Moses' wife. Moses' wife's skin, yeah. Yeah. That Miriam's curse for making fun of this woman is actually the opposite in that she ends up getting leprosy Mm. and her skin turns completely white. Yeah. So, who Who knows? knows? Who knows? Who knows? You know, like, there's just, there seems to be a book of irony that continues to happen. Uh, So, let the let the reader discern and let the record
1: show that we don't really know but
0: which is a chance. unlike everything else we say cuz we know <laughs> everything else we say we're just like certain about these
1: two guys with microphones in a sound room closet yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and if you can hear some uh, auxiliary noise in the background it's cuz we're actually filming this in front of a live audience right now no i'm just kidding it's just the lights it's really loud in here it's just humming cuz it's 2 degrees outside so that's basically it for God's place, you know? I mean, numbers,
1: yeah, I think some things to just sort of sort of heads up things to be looking at. Uh again, there's this theme of well, first of all, it, that that decisive act of unbelief really is a watershed mm-hmm. moment, but it it is it's it's like kind of supporting what the scripture has said all along that the way we experience the blessing of God is through trust in him, mm. trust in his character. And so even as they go into the land, they, they don't believe. And that keeps them from experiencing God's promises in this way. So I don't know, like personally for me, that was just, again, really convicting of, you know, that there's. Plenty of situations in my life where I'm tempted to not believe that God can do something here mm-hmm. or uh, to want to try to control things myself rather than, mm-hmm. you know, entrusting myself and um, these circumstances or situations, whatever, to him. So just the centrality of faith and trust in the Lord, again, is is huge. And then, again, just practically like this theme of complaint and not being satisfied with the Lord and, uh, we see it with the the manna, but we see it again in Korah's rebellion in in number sixteen. So basically, you know, Korah he's sort of jealous and he's rallying some people and he's like, "Hey, why do you Moses? Why do you Aaron think you're so special?" Basically, mm-hmm. and Moses sort of distraught, like because he's not trying to exalt himself. <laughs> in in fact, he's been a pretty reluctant leader. I'm in the sense of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, All those things. And so he's like, well, you know, let's, let's get, let's, uh, kind of do this test. And again, you can read about that, but the result is ground splits, people swallowed up and plague that ensues. But, but it's just a reminder of like we don't think of complaining and jealousy and that kind of stuff as really serious yeah. sins. So it's kinda of like, well, everybody does that. Yeah. We have we have sanctified words for it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm venting, I'm just getting this off my chest. Like I External just gotta, processing. Yeah, whatever. It's like, well, actually what I'm doing is complaining. And that says something about where my heart is in relation to God. And it generally it generally reveals my idols like what i complain about is really showing oftentimes what is most important to me yep so that's another theme that we see um you know again heads up with moses that you know he's led the people thus far
0: and uh, real quick before you, what are you going to say before you jump to this i think one thing that just strikes me again about moses that was convicting was moses his prayer of pleading with god on behalf of israel when they're in rebellion against him you know instead of like yeah out a sword going at them he is pleading to god and not on the basis of the loveliness of israel yeah he's not like god don't punish israel because they're actually not as bad as they seem yeah you know they're actually like pretty good people they're just having a bad they're just hangry yeah you know? <laughs> What's instead, you know, he's thinking about God's glory among the nations. In uh, Numbers 14, he says, if you kill this people, he's talking to the Lord uh, as one man, then the nations who have heard your fame will say it's because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land that he swore to give them uh, that he has killed them in the wilderness, which is a an incredible model for the posture of our the end of our prayers, you know, because to that point of exposing idols uh, through our grumbling, you know, here on the flip side is a prescription about what the end of our prayers should be and our desires is God's glory amongst the whole world. Yeah,
1: I mean, how, how often are our prayers about the glory of God's name? Yeah. Like, do this so that you will be more glorified. Mm-hmm. Or don't do this.
0: Because you wouldn't be glorified. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We very rarely even have, you know... <laughs> we very rarely have uh, in our prayer requests, they're typically like only 10 days ahead of us of yeah. thinking about what, what's in it for me. At least that's, that's how I'm, I'm tempted to think instead of having these big picture prayers of God's glory. So yeah. we see the character of Moses is modeled really well in his heart posture to the Lord, but we also see a, a, a moment of mm. character blemished. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I interrupted you, but yeah,
1: no, I mean, it's, it is a little bit, it's a little bit, tough to read because you know previously god had told moses strike the rock and that's how i'm gonna have water come out this time he tells him to speak to the rock and he strikes, strikes it rock. and the result is you're not going to go into the promised land which you know i don't know seems seems Confusing, tough using it it yeah, seems, seems tough but at the same time like I think the the idea again is like we you've got to we've got to keep the holiness of God in front of us and sort of the glory of God and in some way by Moses saying well no I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to hit this rock and do it my way mm-hmm. rather than you know showing cuz cuz they could be like oh Moses you know he did it again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it is interesting like The Lord does say, so this is in Numbers 20. uh, So this this is after a whole nation is quarreling with the leadership of Israel. So understandably, if I was in their position, I would be frazzled way more than they were. And God tells Moses, take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before your eyes to yield its water. That's all that's really all Yah- Yahweh says to Moses and instead listen to how Moses addresses Israel. He says, "Hear now you rebels, shall we bring water for mm. you out of this rock?" And yeah. Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice. So there's kind of even a, maybe uh a, it's just it is a it is a moment of
1: the issue might be more less about the means and more about the attitude and or, the yeah, you know, yeah behind the, it
0: yeah cuz it's kind of a, a moment of anger and it's also the way he's addressing Israel you know
1: like uh, i've done something for you
0: and yahweh yeah. didn't give many instructions to say here's how you address them in the, in yeah. this regard uh so that that's that's another interesting any other interesting situations people uh, should be aware of again just sort of a
1: heads up there's this exchange between a prophet or you know Balaam, and a king balak towards the end of um towards the end of numbers and basically Balak king of Moab sees Israel coming. and he's like I don't you know I don't want them to take over this land I don't want them coming in here and so he tries to hire this Balaam to get him to curse uh curse God's people and consistently over and over again Balaam can't yeah he, he literally just like I have to pronounce blessing <laughs> which is crazy um uh- so but it but it does remind us that it's like the Lord is the Lord is going to give them this land and mm-hmm. and they can they can receive it and participate by faith and there's there's nothing that any king curse whatever mm-hmm. can can prevent God from keeping his promise and his word uh to these people and I I think probably my one of my favorite recollections about this is I remember when I was in seminary 'Cause there's this place in this this uh connection with Balak and Balaam where a donkey actually speaks. And I, I remember one of my seminary professors basically saying, you know, don't think too highly of yourself if you become a pastor, because if God can speak through a donkey <laughs> He can speak through anybody. True, so you're man. nothing special. Yeah, you're, you're like a talking donkey.
0: donkey. That's the <laughs> equivalent. You're not you're not much better. Yeah. San- but, San- but
1: again, just the direction you can see this is all heading towards the land. And mm-hmm. so even that exchange, while it might be confusing, is and and kind of think, well, what's the connection of this? Well, the connection is God's promised this land, and so nothing can stop it.
0: Mm-hmm. And the it, it continues to unfold in an ironic way. So listen to what Balak says to Balaam in chapter twenty two, verse six, come now curse this people for me since they are too mighty for me perhaps i shall be able to defeat them and drive them from the land because i know that he whom you bless is blessed and he whom you curse is cursed yeah balak is saying that to balaam not god that's the exact same language that god said to abraham yep Uh, you know who you bless I'm going to bless. Yeah, exactly. And And through
1: um, you is going to be the blessing to to the other nations. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then in terms of the lineage, we actually do see kind of a continued theme uh, or or rather a a continued reminder of who it's going to be that that, uh, the growing description of what the Messiah will look like and where he's from. In numbers 24. This is Balaam. He's giving a series of oracles, series of kind of prophecies. And in verse 17, he says, uh, I see him, but not now I behold him, but not near a star shall come out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and it shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down the sons of Sheth, mm. which is pretty amazing because Balak is the king of Moab and who's going to defeat him? Well, it's going to be somebody who's going to come out of Jacob, right? It's going to be someone that is going to uh, have a scepter. There's a of Genesis 49 there as yeah. well. And it shall crush the forehead of Moab, Genesis 3:15. Yeah. You know, so there's, it's cool to see that in God's ironic way, he's using uh, someone else's words to carry out judgment. That will also be his people's deliverance. Yeah. So anything else from the last this?
1: several chapters, you start to see how land is divided up and boundaries and all of that stuff. And again, uh, read it in the context of this is fulfillment of God's promise. And then it sets up for uh, Deuteronomy. What, what is life going to be like in the land mm-hmm. and and how is that covenant relationship going to, to take place even after it's been sort of fundamentally broken in Exodus. At, yeah. through
0: that time. Well, I would put on that cool little uh, audio bite uh, transitioning us to questions. No questions? We've got no questions.
1: No questions to podcast at Linworth. No questions to
0: podcast at linworthbaptist.org. No thanks to us. Yeah. Clearly. I'm going to
1: submit a random question.
0: That'd be helpful. All right. All right, man. I'll I'll pray for us. Thanks. Lord, thanks for uh, your word. Thanks for uh, its relevance and application to our life. We pray for our church family and anyone who is listening to this and, and reading. And we pray, Lord, that... You, by the working of your Spirit, would but uh, would open their eyes, and uh, we pray, Lord, that there would be application to to their heart. Even as we think about Israel's wandering in the wilderness and the various temptations that they have to listen to those uh, around them, we too are wandering here on earth, and there are temptations all around us. Temptations, uh, even to grumble. Help us, Lord, to be reminded that. Uh, we are to glorify you with all of our lives and love you with all of our heart and to love our neighbor as ourself. Uh, even as we read through these passages of the Old Testament, we pray, Lord, that it would not only broaden our understanding of the Bible and the big picture and make much of your son Jesus in our hearts through faith, but we also pray, Lord, that it would uh, grow us to become a more godly uh, people, a, a more God-honoring and God-fearing church even. And, uh, Pray, Lord, that this would bring about a love for you and unity within within the body of Christ as well. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thanks,
1: my man. If you don't get quarantined, we'll do this again next week.
0: That's exactly right. Lord willing.
1: Lord willing.